As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
Hey, what's going on everybody? It's a Ceremonial Witch here, back again on another Ceremonial Witchcraft episode. I'm gonna, I really continue from yesterday because yesterday I put out uh, fucking three videos technically, or three uh, episodes. Um, last one was only a few minutes, 12 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. It's fucking Wi-Fi dropped. So I'm gonna try to make sure today I plug in the fucking cable right to the computer so I don't have to worry about that shit. Um, the only issue is the router the main spot where the connection comes in is uh smack in the living room which is my obviously my most busy place in the house so to record there is kind of hard unless i was to do it now in the morning or later on in the day uh at night basically when there's nobody coming in and out of the front door playing outside kids baby all so on and so forth but anyways so i'm going to try to continue on from the parts where i was speaking about now I spoke about the mindset, our mind, um, basically as a child, everything we see, everything we hear, everything we're told, we're taught through school, but we, what we see our parents do, the stories of whatever, um, you know, you're told as a child is your programming. Um, now this is also very debatable. There are lineages of witches. There are such things as, um, magical bloodlines and stuff like that when you come from and truth be told, uh, your DNA and your reincarnation, basically, there's a good chance you can trace your lineage back to a witch, some kind of magical old um, uh, fucking ancestral, ancestral line, you know, your fucking family tree. Eventually, you go far back enough, you're going to find something there. So technically, everybody could be. Now, some people are going to be more direct, some people aren't. But to me, to me, the most important thing is what you're programmed as a child. Now, if you remove that programming, then, you know, it is what it is and you can do that. And, you know, after, let's say you're like me, you were taught, um, religion, Christianity, and I believed in it. And I'm still thankful for this to this day. I learned, uh, the Roman Catholic church Christianity and all that. Cause I had faith as a child. I had an undoubted faith that there was a God up there and I still have that same faith. I just transferred it from the Christian version of the God to my version of the all I am. I am, you know, that's what the, and Mo, when Moses goes up in the burning bush, it says, I am that I am. So when I tell you those are the two most powerful fucking words in the world and whatever you put behind that, you become, well, there's a reason. God chose to say, I am that I am. This is the reason I tell you, if you decipher the Bible with esoteric knowledge, even the Old Testament that is filled with wrath and killing and God telling his people to fucking kill people. And that's in there. If you read it, you'll see um, killing, telling people to kill their own children. You know, people say, well, he didn't really do it. He really did do it. I'm um, talking about um, uh, as Abraham um, killing his own son. Um whatever nobody was there so nobody knows point is it's a book not meant to take literal but anyways back to the point um uh, uh as a child i was i received um the christian upbringing and the belief um that god exists and you know as i got older shit got more skewed and you know this being that i learned as a child was so loving and so caring and that I felt I had a connection with and I spoke to as I got older became more humanized became more like a human and he judges you and he's gonna hate you if you do this however if you just go apologize he's gonna forgive you and you can come back to heaven if you die any second those kinds of things kind of fucked with me he says like that's not my, that's not what I had the paint the picture I painted in my head wasn't that 
But anyways, I'm going a little too far off the topic. So that was inserted into me. However, at the same time, very minutely though rather, but the stories of my grandmother having powers as a child, the parents talking about it at all the events, even though the kids are in the room not listening, they still hear um, what's being said, you know, being around my grandmother. My grandmother actually talking about it a few times to my sister because my sister was very into those kinds of things. Um, All that is programming. So when I tell you that I have a witch background or whatever, I'm not talking about my bloodline per se, even though I have traced it back. And I've told people a story about um, the, my, my grandmother's maiden name. Fuck, I can't remember right now, but I traced it back to a part in Ireland slash Scotland. Same with my, uh, my grandfather, the one she married. This is all on the LeBlanc side. But the other side also has this. Um, it's more from Dutch... Um, and Scotland when I traced it back but that's another story for another time but anyways when I traced it back I saw where the witches left fled from France through France sorry and came to the east coast of Canada some went down to Maine which is where Salem is which is huge for witches if anybody doesn't know and some of them stayed on the Nova Scotia and then I talked about how the Christians the church story at that time from uh, England or from the UK I guess came across and persecuted them but for the couple years they were there they lived in peace and harmony with the natives that were already here in canada on the border of the states it's probably pretty much both just canada and the states it's the st lawrence that they came through after the atlantic i want to say or pacific i don't fucking know but anyways no no it's atlantic um coming through there um and i live right i live right off the st lawrence as well anybody from cornwall right to um, montreal and the opposite way coming down kingston and all that the st lawrence were right across the whole thing but anyways that's how they came through and they lived in peace and harmony with uh, everybody that uh, um, all the natives that are already here and they traded traditions and stuff like that and you know I'm not saying that's where witchcraft was born, but that's where some of it comes from, these traditions, these old traditions um, that filtered down. Now, there was already a lot of, uh, I don't want to say African-American, but people of uh, skin color, dark skin color, I want to say uh, is what I've read and researched, um, doing all these um, hoodoos um, down in the States, conjure, all that. It may not have been called that. Maybe it's called witchcraft, and now it's called that. But Birch talks about this a lot, how that was an American um, People say it comes from other places, but he is very adamant about how that's an American craft. And it may come from a race of people that came from somewhere, but it was practiced here uh, during the slave days um, in, in the States. So there's two versions of witchcraft that, were, that came here that were already here or whatever. But the point I'm trying to hit at is programming. So I was programmed to believe in God. I was programmed that my grandmother was a witch. So when I start doing magic, it's not that hard of a stretch because that programming is inside me. I know my grandmother was a seventh sister of a seventh sister. I know the story of the Palladians, the seventh sisters, whether that's myth or reality, it doesn't matter. The subconscious doesn't know between real and fake. Reading those stories are going to help people only want to read facts. But if you read fiction, sometimes there's more facts than fiction. But sometimes our facts are just bullshit too. But I know all about um, her tea leaf stories you know i only have a, a handful of stories that was told but I, I stayed with that i actually told that to my friends i actually told that to my children my wife we still talk about that from time to time if we're around a campfire 
there's a hundred percent that my grandmother's name is going to come up and we're going to talk about her stories. We're going to talk about the story about my grandfather apparently knowing a guy who played cards with the devil. Guy kept winning, guy kept winning, guy kept winning. He looked down, he saw hooves and he left the fucking table kind of thing. I mean, that's up for debate, but that's also a serious story I like to tell and it freaks the kids out and shit like that. But in reality, that's that's not likely. That never happened, you know. It's just some guy trying to uh, be cool and have a story. But that's, I just want to give you an example of programming. And that's kind of programming that, you know, someone who knows deep down inside of their heart that their grandmother was a witch and has that programming in their head, it's not going to be hard for that person to do magic because they have a belief inserted in them as a child that these things are possible. So when you start exploring it, it becomes more possible. And if you don't have that, that's not an issue. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about all this bloodlines. Everybody is, comes from somebody down the line somewhere I'd be willing to bet all the money I have that everybody could trace it back to some magical practitioner. And that's the thing. What came first? The magic or the learning and the initiation to, into magic? It doesn't matter. It's a fucking circle. But somewhere down the line, someone was either born with the powers or someone figured out after something happened that they had these abilities. Either way, it came from somewhere. And I try to perpetuate this through my family by playing the stuff in the background by my kids hearing it by telling the story about my grandmother. This way, there's possibilities in their head. And whenever they become older, if they go down this path, it'll be a lot easier for them because that's already there. So for me, I don't get rid of my Christian programming altogether, but I get rid of the things that don't matter, to be honest. Like, I mean, this is um, this is not a tidy science. And, you know, yesterday I said get rid of all your programming, but... I do have to give a warning with that because any beliefs that were built up on some of this programming, some of these uh, belief systems that were in your head, like if you got programmed with a belief system of God and Jesus and all that, but along with that came, well, only the only the meek and the poor inherit the earth, you know, things like that. Well, those are going to go along with it, which is a good thing. But if you have any belief systems that were built upon that, that are beneficial to you, then they can get tear, torn down with that. And I've said this before in previous episodes, it can be a very emotional and hard time when you start tearing down your belief systems and inserting new ones. All right. It's not just like a computer where you delete it, put it in the trash can, get rid of it. Nothing happens. No, you are an emotional being. When you do this process, you're going to have some emotional issues. You're best to do it whenever you know you don't have things coming up. If you have family fucking events coming up, I have to be around people or you're starting a new job. I don't suggest tearing down your belief systems maybe just start with affirmations of the things you want to put in you tape record an affirmation and then with that same sentence you know i am rich this is just an example i don't suggest saying i am rich because it's way too vague and you could technically already be rich compared to you know like i said the the, the unconscious the, the universal mind goes by the world because we are all part of god so in our country the money amount of money I make may be considered, um, you know, the lowest class, just above poverty. But if you put me in a third world country where you know they don't have half the shit I have in my house in most houses, then I would be considered a rich man. And therefore, if there's more of those people out there, then there's people like me. And you add that to the people that are technically rich in my point of view, and the people that are poor in my point of view. If you add all those people together, well, then there's more people that are below me so technically i am already rich so you can't be vague like that 
but just as an example, I am financially wealthy or I am financially stable, maybe this way. Stable is out, you know, because that's a little more different. You know, there's wiggle room there. There's um, being financially stable, you know, more money coming in than there's going out. Too much is going out, none of it's coming in, you know, that kind of thing. To fucking balance that shit out. I have financial balance. I have financial discipline. Whatever you want to use. Let's say financial discipline. I have financial discipline. Well, that statement, you're going to put on a fucking recorder saying it over and over again or hitting a fucking loop button after you record it once and let it play over and over and again. I would make a bunch of statements that say the same thing as that in different ways. I am financially stable. I am financially balanced. I am financially secure. I am very disciplined with money. I am very well uh, versed in financial matters. I am, you know, a bunch of things that mean the same thing over and over again. So you're going to take one of those and you're going to take all the all vowels out, all the fucking double consonants out. And you're going to make your little symbol with that symbol. You're going to put that symbol on a fucking candle on the other side of the candle. You're also going to put your actual statement you wrote down in present tense. Obviously, if it's something else, um, you're going to write, I will be so mode it be harm free. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, this way, you know, you're not going to kill anybody and get their money to help your wealth get gained or, you know, move anybody out of the way. Like other people have hardships. So you can have that money come to you because subconscious mind is connected to all subconscious minds. So when you do something, it's going to connect everybody's subconscious mind closest to you and figure out, well, what's the fastest way to give this person money or get this person financially secure? Well, does he need a hundred grand? Well, if I take out his mom, he's going to have a hundred grand. That's what he wanted. Boom. That's the easiest way. I'm going to give it to him. It's going to take the fucking easiest route. Now, I'm not saying technically you killed that person. That person might've already had a disease that they didn't know about it or they didn't know about it and they were going to die anyway. So they just sped up the process for you to get that money. So that's the whole reason we write harm free, free from harm. Also adding and bless all involved, meaning everybody who who the magic had to come through. You know, I used the example before of that person finding 300 grand on top of the ATM when they went to the ATM. Well, if they did a magical spell for that, then that uh, that Brinks truck guy, whenever he was putting the money in, he uh, had his hands full. So, so instead of dropping the bill, he put the bill on top of there, and then he got a phone call from his wife. He started arguing with his fucking wife, and then he left without ever putting that bill in there. And they all left and left that up there, and the next person found that fucking $300,000 bill. Or the next person after that didn't find it because they were so preoccupied and in a rush, they didn't even bother to look around. All those people were contacted and were on their subconscious mind was running the show, even though the conscious one was in control. Technically, subconscious mind is the one, like I said with the key example yesterday, you got hungry, you got up into your fridge, you found your keys after you consciously looked for them forever and couldn't. When you let go, the subconscious led you to the fridge with 
uh, your hunger pain. Well, it's the same thing. That phone call from that guy's wife that made him forget that money up there. The wife is somebody involved. She was told through her subconscious, hey, your man did this, fucking go yell at him. And then he had to pick up the phone and get mad and stop looking around. The other driver decided to not go in there and make sure the guy didn't forget it. The next person after that um, didn't look around because they were in a rush. All these people's subconscious mind were contacted by your subconscious mind or the divine or the spirits that you're working with, however you want to look at it. And that's how this happened to you. So the bigger the thing you're trying to do, the more people's subconscious minds in it, the longer it's going to take. The smaller, the more you don't give a shit about it. If it's just manifesting a ball in your yard, say, I have an orange ball in my yard, whatever. Fredo Xavier gives a sigil on his channel. I might actually print it up one day and put it on my thing if anybody wants to try it because I've done it and it works. You don't have to do anything. You look at the sigil, you activate the sigil in the ways I've told you already before. And then within a few days, maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months, and it's a good tester to see if you've got a lot of things blocking your mind, if it works, doesn't work, if when you give up, it comes, it's a good way to gauge how your magic's going to work. Everybody, uh, not everybody, but a lot of the books I read that are specifically about using and doing magic always say to start with manifestations that you don't care about. So you can practice, so you can get the results, so you can believe it. Because if you just go for the big money right off the hop, well, I already gave you reasons why going for the big money is not a good idea. But at the same time, if it doesn't happen, you're going to give all magic. Whereas if you do these little petty things first and just manifest balls in your yard and things around the house and find things and get your check to come to you faster. These are all little results that are going to help you realize that this shit is real. And the more you practice, the better you get. That's, that's how it is for everything. The more you publicly speak, you're going to get better at publicly speaking. The more you channel, the better you're going to get channeled. The more you play a sport, the you're going to better at sport. The more you manifest things, the more you're going to get better at it. So don't, uh, don't, don't uh, dismiss the power in just trying to manifest pointless crap because the less you care about it, the faster it's going to come. But it's going to be like, oh, cool, that's cool, I did it, you know? But in your subconscious mind, that's going to be huge. But anyway, so that's how the manifesting part works. All these things get taken into account. So anyways, that sigil we're talking about, after you make the sigil, um, you do your process, however you want to do that. I'm going to probably make some videos on YouTube. I'm going to try to do that today. About uh, I have a family thing at my mom's house, um, so puts it in pizza and whatever. Um, but no meat on my pizza, baby. <laughs> um, but um, I'm gonna make videos on. I'm gonna take a candle. I actually only have one candle left here, so I gotta go pick up some candles today. But um, I'm gonna make a video about making a sigil, taking a statement of intent. I'm gonna just. I'm probably not gonna talk to it, which is gonna be very hard for me. So that probably won't happen. I'll probably end up talking. But I'm gonna take my recorder. I'm gonna take a candle, piece of paper, pencil, um, and I'm gonna write down. A statement of intent, not necessarily something I want, but just as an example, I'm going to show you how to make the sigil out of that. I'm going to have to try to have the camera on me the whole time. And then from that, you're going to see me record it on the recording device and put my headphones on it, lay down, listen to it or whatever. But prior to that, you're going to see me take that sigil, place it in the house somewhere, put it on my altar. I don't know, I'm not going to show you my altar, but, um, and then I'm going to show you how I put it on the candle, maybe put some oils on the candle, rub the oils, the herbs in that candle and shit like that. There's so many things you can do. And when you add all these things together, it speeds up the process. I already went over this, but I wanted to hit at because I talked about reprogramming your mind and getting rid of all the old programming, but I should have really 100% put a disclaimer there saying it can be a very emotional thing to do because these are beliefs that were inserted in you is in you as a child. That's why a lot of people go to a psychiatrist now, um, to do this or, um, 
a hypnos a hypnotherapist because they're professionals and they know what they're doing. I mean, most of them anyways. There are some fuckers ones out there that don't give a shit and just want your money. But for the most part, in my experience, these people actually care about people. A lot of these people are spiritual people. They won't tell you that. A lot of these people have a connection with humans that they may or may not know. A lot of these people may be empaths, the people that feel other people's emotions. Um, so I do believe in that if you can afford it. I got, like I said, my work paid for the last one. I had to see him more of a counselor, but he was a great guy. And I could tell he was spiritual, even though he never said it. And I'm pretty sure he could tell I was as well. But anyways, and that was before I was really into magic. I was just new age law of attraction shit at that point. But besides the point, if you're going to tear down your parent programs, do one at a time. If you're starting, you know, go with the biggest one. If you have time, if you're off whatever but if not start tearing down the small ones and you know if you if you if you're having hard times with money and you want to manifest money well the first ones you should be tearing down are the ones associated to money don't go for the religious ones even though that can help especially if you have belief systems built on your religious programming such as you know like i said only the poor get to go to heaven well, if that's in there, if you get rid of that program, that's going to help you attract money because your subconscious is oh, it's not bad to be rich. Fuck yeah. Well, bring on the money. You know, that's how it works basically in a manner of speaking anyway. So it's simplified, dumbed down way. And that's what I try to do. I try to simplify and dumb down this because that's how I understand it. You know, I read these big words and I hear what they say, but then in my head, it's like, well, it's just as simple as this, but they can't write that because I won't sell books, but I can say that because I'm not selling anything. I'm just fucking trying to help so anyways tear one down at a time don't go for the big one i have a video on here and i think it's one of my 15 minute videos when i first started before i bought the first package and it's on here and i give you an example of how to do this um i don't know the name of it but you'd have to look at it it's um from episodes one to probably seven and one of those i want to say it's like five or six episode five or six and my little voice is pretty low in all those episodes so you're really gonna have to crank it up wear headphones and have nobody around because if anybody's around you can't hear me i talk way too low and on top of the fucking mumbling and the speed so um that's why i got this headset and all that and it helps to play the part. You know, if I want to be successful in this, well, I got to show my subconscious I'm serious. So buying a headset, getting these programs, buying a domain for my website, putting things on there, doing all these little steps shows my subconscious. Wow, he's really serious about this. Okay, let's make it manifest. All right, and I'm back. Um, so I'm going to leave everything I just said at that. Any questions that you don't understand, hit me up with an email. And I'll try to explain. Like I said, I've went over this extensively in a lot of previous videos. Right now, I'm just going through this kind of uh, review thingy for anybody who uh, comes on here. And uh, it's turned away because I'm talking about some pretty outlandish shit. Or I'm putting on books such as the Luciferian Doctrine. And people are like, what the fuck? This guy's Luciferian? No, I'm not. But I want a big, well understanding of everything. So I need to study the left-hand pass and the right-hand pass. Now, I don't need to study the right-hand pass because I've been a Christian most of my life. And even being in, and this is pretty telling of what I like, but um, I went to a religious school and we had to take religion every fucking semester. Um, if you didn't pass, you could technically fail that class, but you had to at least take it um, one semester every year. You could take another optional class. It was a mandatory class, but it wasn't a mandatory credit, meaning... You know, if you failed it, well, you can take an extra gym to make up for the fail. Um, 
But um, point I'm trying to get at is grade 11 and 12 was world religions. That's where I started learning about other religions. Now it was only other witchcraft. definitely wasn't one of them. Too bad. But um, that's where you start learning about other religions. And you know, to be completely honest, Taoism and Buddhism were two of my favorites. I'm not gonna lie. Learning about Judaism, um, a lot of that knowledge I still know to this day, and I still I actually tell you guys about what I know, and most of that's from there. Um, but Judaism, um, Buddhism, and Taoism, because um, you know, Buddhist monk and a Taoist monk to me are kind of different, um, but they're kind of connected. Anyways, uh, I'm not gonna get too much into that because um, I don't wanna offend anybody or. I might get on something I don't really know too much about. Like I, st I study Taoism a lot now and things I learned back then kind of conflict with each other. So I'm not going to get into that. But point is, um, in high school, I fucking really liked world religions. I mean, I liked, I even liked learning about my own religion. That's how spiritual I was. Even when I started doing bad things and on the verge of getting kicked out grade 11, religion, world religion was one of the only classes I fucking went to the first semester before I got kicked out. You know, I was... I was pretty mad at my math teacher at that point because, uh, I don't know, I ended up failing, but and it pissed me off more than anything because I love math. But, um, but yeah, it was the only class I wanted to go to. And it wasn't, I mean, there was a girl in there or whatever, but, but it wasn't about that. It was about the content and the teacher. She was, she understood, you know, she was, uh, anyways. But it was the only class I was going to because I, I enjoyed learning about religion. And I still fucking enjoy learning about religion to this very fucking day. I mean, that's what I'm doing here right now is I'm trying to teach about everybody's personal spiritual religion that they should be doing. Because to me, spirituality isn't somewhere you go every fucking Sunday. It's something you do every day. You should be talking to your creator or yourself or your God or the universe once a day. And you should be thanking it more than once a day. Between just banishing and denying your thoughts, um, the good ones and the bad ones, and you keep the good ones, you get rid of the bad ones. Doing that with gratitude that alone will help you achieve whatever you want to achieve. You don't have to reprogram. You don't have to light candles. You don't have to get robes or be naked, make wands, swords, atomies. You don't have to do none of that shit. You don't have to start making your own incenses and oils. You know, I'm not watching TV. If you literally, and now I can't tell you through experience because I'm doing all the other stuff. I'm doing the self-transformation. I love playing with fucking candles. I like, I like doing all that. I like giving offerings. But... You know, you got no money and all you're doing is being grateful for everything you have, including the shitty times and the good times. Well, yeah, you're going to get what you want because you're banishing and rejecting the things you don't want. You're accepting the things you do want and you're being grateful for everything that's ever happened to you, past, present, future. Um, so, yeah, they're going to keep giving you more. You know, you're grateful to your parents. Your parents are going to keep giving you more. If you're an ungrateful fuck who doesn't like the gifts they get or, oh, it's okay, but uh, I wish it was this, you know, parents aren't going to buy you anything. They're never going to want to buy you anything. It's the same thing. They're thinking the gods that are God or all that is as that. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the all is because it's different from me to my mentors to you, whoever, whatever you believe. And that should be part of your mission is to understand and speak to the creator that created you and all the forces that are above you who who did what we're doing, you know. I'm not a completely unsure if Archangel Raphael wasn't a person before or oh Mercury and Venus weren't people before and they went up the hierarchy and now they're there. You know, our recorded time talks about these planets always being in there. But there's been a lot more time that hasn't been recorded. So who knows? Maybe that's why, you know, the devil in that book I just played talks about only two percent 
doing this. And that's why the year the the world has to keep fucking reincarnating over and over. Because for every fucking you know hundred years, two percent of those hundred years only go up. Well, that's a small amount of people, you know. And that's why we keep reincarnating over and over and over again. Because the faster people die and come back, the better chance they have to go up the fucking uh, hierarchy of you know being an angel, being a helper, being a fucking spirit guide, whatever you want to believe happens. You know, going in Agartha, in Earth, whatever. Fuck, I don't know. But the point is that most people are in ignorance and I'm trying to teach the brilliance part. Um, to start using your mind for what you want and don't be afraid of your shitty circumstances because there's always going to be shitty circumstances. You're always going to go back and forth. The world shows this. Nature shows this. Everything shows the fact that everything is on the pendulum. The the swing to the left is the same as the swing to the right. So if you're in poverty right now, if you're poor, if you're having tough times, you should be fucking jumping up and down because that means the more poor you get, the more rich you're going to get soon. It's a fucking pendulum. It goes back and forth. You just got to ride it out. You got to do your self-transformation. You don't got money to buy things and do things and you got people calling you because you owe the bills. That's awesome. Be fucking thankful for that because that means soon you're not going to have any of those fucking problems and you're going to be laughing about this shit. It's going to be fucking awesome. That's one way to look at it. That's what helps me. I don't give two fucks about if the fucking electricity gets cut off. I don't give two fucks if someone tries to come take my car. I don't know enough to make them go away and not fucking come on my property with some uh, um, fucking legal jargon that I can scare them away and they're going to have to go get a fucking court document. You allow them on your property to take your fucking car and you agree that's your car and you tell them you got the keys and you hand them over. Then yeah, yeah, they can take your car at that point. But it's not supposed to get that far. They're going to try to trick you and they may not even be aware. They might just have their job procedure and follow it, right? So you can't really get mad at these people whenever it's your fuck up. But the point is, if you approach it right, you can fucking sidestep almost anything. But yeah, whenever, like, I'm going through a tough enough time right now. Like, we get money and it's gone. We get money and it's gone. We get money and it's gone. And, you know, I'm okay with that. That's fucking awesome. I can, I just stay to the grind. I, I focus on myself. I keep making uh, content for people. I keep doing all my fucking practices, my banishes. I do all my shit. And I know because soon everything is in cycles. The moon waxes and wanes. Well, so do we. Half the month you're, you you got to banish stuff. Half the month you got to pull stuff to you, you know, or bring stuff, push stuff away, whatever, however you want to look at it. We always go through these cycles. There's cause and effect, though, that also comes into play. Now, your pendulum is one thing, but if during your pendulum swing, if you're on the downswing where you're down right now and you start doing all these things. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
start causing all this crap, all this bad karma. You start going to get loans, you know. Well, then when you hit the upswing, it's not going to be much of an upswing because you caused a bunch of shitty effects. So you got to keep this in mind. You got to keep banishing the negative things you don't want and keep accepting the things you do want. And then eventually it will fuck it. You will ride it out. But these are part of the tests and tribulations that we all have to go through. God, the divine, uh, the supreme being, all that is, you know, I am that I am whoever the universe some other nature she's not going to give you more good shit if when you have bad times you're swearing at her and you're hating her and why me why me and you get a little bit of money and oh i'm so happy you're not fucking mentally prepared for this shit if that's you you're not you're not you know as soon as things are bad you're in a bad mood as soon as things are good you're in a good mood you are just whatever life throws at you, you're not, your, your life circumstances are what you are. You would just are whatever happens to you. Whereas someone who's in magic, magicians trying to take, or anybody who has knowledge of how the world works and studies this shit knows that these things happen. And if you can keep a positive attitude while you're in the negative stance or and you're in a positive way, you can keep negative or whatever. I don't know how that would work. But if you can remain in a positive mindset when things are on the downswing, well, you're going to make that swing over faster, first of all. You're going to attract what you want to come to you because like attracts like. And it doesn't matter. The pendulum's always going to swing back and forth. But by becoming depolarized and being in the middle, all right, that pendulum swings from left to right. So whatever your left is comes back to your program. What is your left and right? Is your left hell and your right heaven? So that means poverty is on the same side as hell and rich is on the same side as heaven. So every time you're on the poverty side, everything sucks. Every time you're on the rich side, everything's good. But this is going to keep happening to you through your whole life. So the reason I talk about polarity, depolarization, duality, is because you want to be in the middle of those two poles. Because when you're in the middle of those two poles, you can see when you're on the poor side, what's good about it. You can be grateful and you can make it go over faster to when you're on the positive side where you obviously, you know, this is good. This is, this is what you want. That's the point of depolarizing. You no longer have this pendulum swing. It's still swinging. People around you are still being affected, but you just to interject and cut myself off for a second, I kind of said that backwards, um, but I had said it for a reason, but uh, now that I'm listening to it as I'm recording it, making sure nothing bad happens, I noticed that, um, so I said, the pendulum swing, what's your right and your left? Well, that comes back to your programming. So if your hell is on the left and your heaven's on the right, if you also have the programming that the poor inherit the earth, well then technically poor is going to be on the right with heaven and rich is going to be on the side with hell. So you can see where this could fuck up inside your head, right? You want to be rich, but yet at the same time you want to go to heaven and your subconscious mind is programmed saying, well, no, you can't be both those because the programming, the software that you installed in me, the the shit that the self-limiting beliefs that were installed in me as a child says, the poor go to heaven and heaven is on my right side. So how can I be, how can I be rich when I'm supposed to be poor to go to heaven? But yet I want to be rich in this lifetime and I don't want to be poor. So you can see how that's conflicting. And that's how those things are installed in us, um, put inside of us, you know, self-limiting beliefs. It's, it's, you know, we say installed and programmed and words like that, but really it's, it's what you were taught in school. You were taught this in school. You were taught this to your parents, you know, it's okay that we're poor. You only you don't need money. Uh, the poor go to heaven anyway. So yeah, you have a shitty time here. But then after this world, you could go to heaven. Whereas the people that are rich down here, whenever they die, they go to hell. And that's not true. You got to get that out of your head. But I just wanted to point out that I said poor 
and hell were on the same side and rich and heaven is on the right side, which, you know, that could be something you can change if you wanted to change. But by having it like that, you're going to keep swinging back and forth on that pendulum. So you're going to go to heaven and you're going to keep getting rich and then you're going to keep going poor, going to hell. This is the heaven and the hell we speak of. Your pendulum is constantly going side to side. That's why when you depolarize and you're in the middle, you can equally look at both sides and take the good shit from each side and leave the bad shit from each side because they both have that. But this is the point. The only point I was just trying to cut myself off to make was that I, I screwed that up. I meant to say that your devil and your rich is on the same side and your poor and your heaven is on the opposite side. But it could be the other way around. Everybody's not programmed the same. You could be thinking heaven and rich is the same thing and hell and poor is the same thing. And you still, if that is your programming, that's, that's not any better. I mean, you have to get rid of that programming. You have to have a good relationship with money. You have to understand that money is just energy. The love of money is the root of all evil, not money. Money is just an energy. Money is like drugs. It's like um, a gun. It's like anything. You can use a gun to shoot your enemy who's about to harm your kids. You can use a gun to shoot an animal, eat it for food, which I wouldn't, but... Or you can use a, a gun to commit suicide. It all The gun's not the bad one. It's the person using it. Same with the drugs. There are certain drugs you give to people that cure, well, quote-unquote, cure things. But if they're abused, someone could kill themselves or ruin their lives. Um, so it's all the same. It's just energy. Same thing with money. It's just energy. And if you want to attract that energy to you, like attracts like, you have to enjoy money like money. Pretend you already have money. Act as if you are rich and you will attract that to you going that route. But if you have programming inside of you, if you're trying to attract that money to you, yet inside your head you have the belief that money is evil. If I have money, I won't go to heaven. This is why I say by just getting rid of your religious beliefs, your religious programming, you can attract money. Because if your religious beliefs are tied to money as evil, then how your subconscious mind is never going to let you get rich. You're going to get enough to pay your bills because you're programmed as a kid to realize that money is evil. However, as you get older, you start learning a new program. Well, you have to live, you have to eat, and don't worry when I die, I'll go to heaven. But So you make enough money. Your subconscious allows you to make enough money to just pay your bills, but never get ahead. Absolutely never. Anytime you, maybe by chance or get, I don't believe in chance, but let's say you get extra money, something bad's going to happen. You're either going to get taxed, it's going to get taken, you're going to get in a car wreck and have to spend it on that. And that's your subconscious belief. I know I can use my mother as an example for that. She's a hell of a person. She deserves all the money in the world. However, she inherited, um, she got money for whenever Levi's closed quite a bit. And, you know, she had money for the first time things. Well, maybe not for the first time. I don't know my mom's situation. I was there, but I was a kid. So it was only, I wasn't uh, at the pay grade to know all the knowledge. But, you know, um, she had this extra money, but then something happened. My father got in a car accident and she had to spend most of that money repairing the car and lawyer fees and other things. That's an example of that. Subconscious mind's like, whoa, 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 you're not allowed to have this money because she was raised as well Catholic. And it stopped her from keeping that money. It happened through my father, but it still happened in her reality. She wasn't able to keep that money. It's a, it's a test of faith. It's a, it's a sign from the universe from your subconscious saying you got to fix this problem you got to realize that money isn't evil it's okay to have money it's not you don't need to feel bad about having this money and spending it on yourself and not spending it on your kids you deserve it you spend your whole life taking care of your kids and taking care of your family it's okay to spend some on yourself but she may have felt guilty and bam that happens but anyways so all i wanted to say was i put those on the wrong side but 
some people it may be like that and I'm just trying to show you that if your heaven's up here but it's with poor and then your hell's over here and it's with rich well, you're never going to be able to become rich if you have those things skewed you need to be in the middle and you need to be able to go to the right side and the left side equally without judging those sides and understand the pros and the cons of both sides hey. oh sorry thank you aren't affected anymore you don't give a shit because you know yeah okay things are tough right now but it's just gonna it's just a cycle it's just about to change if we just ride it out don't do anything stupid and overreact we're gonna be on the upswing soon all these people threatening to cut off our electricity and put us in collections that's their job they got to do that shit but if we just talk to them nicely tell them do what they got to do but this is what i got to do because i got a family and i got four kids and as soon as i have it i promise i'm gonna give it to you but you gotta wait. You approach it like that. Well, if they decide to take the next step, then they do, and that'll get resolved in a different way. Understand that everything will work out. These people want your money, so they're not gonna be like, "Oh, fuck it, we're never giving you the service again." No, you fucking go bankrupt and get their service the fucking next day. Well, not the next day, but I've already talked about that as well. People say seven years, seven years, seven years. There's a way around getting a house after bankruptcy that you don't have to wait seven years. It's not easy. You might pay more interest, but there are fucking ways. Nothing is impossible. And that goes for the 3D mundane physical realm that we're in now and the fucking astral fucking higher spiritual realms. It's all the same. But depolarization is the next thing I need to talk about. Um, and I hit on it a bit. And this, that's one of the reasons. Because when you're depolarized, you can take it, you can leave it, it doesn't give a shit. Likewise, you can make people do things or not do things through polarity. If I want my daughter to go to bed, right, and it's a hard thing to do. But I'm going to make her tire, tired and run around and do all this shit to where she's not going to go to bed. But she's still going to fight it. So, you know, little things like making her cold, if she's diffused but on her clothes or whatever, when she goes to her bed, it's a lot warmer or whatever. These are all ways to persuade her to get her to do that. Well, that's kind of how polarity works. Whenever someone says something to you and gets you all pissed off and you go around telling everybody else, and then all of a sudden all these people are against one person. Well, that might have been done on purpose, and that might not have been, but if someone is a magician and hates that person, I've dealt with people like this, you know, I don't know if the guy I used to work with that, uh, you know, quote unquote, might be the reason I, I lost that job, which, you know, I'm thankful to him every fucking day, and I'm grateful, and I have no animosity towards him, and actually, I love the guy, and I hope he does well, I've been sending him beautiful, loving energy, and financial wealth, and things like that, which also helps me, but anyways, um, it could be argued that he might even know this shit because if he didn't like somebody, he would go around getting everybody against that person to the point where everybody was technically on his side. He would polarize everybody against that person, whereas he would still talk to that person behind everybody's back. You know, that's polarity. Uh, Frederick Xavier uses a Chick-fil-A uh, example. I guess there's a place, I don't even know Chick-fil-A. I've never been there, never ate there, but there's a restaurant in the States called Chick-fil-A. And I guess the owner of this restaurant said, um, something about the sanctity between a man and a woman in marriage and basically pissing off the, the gay community around there or so the media said and the gay community was in an uproar saying they're not going to go eat at Chick-fil-A which could be complete bullshit by the way the media could just say whatever the fuck they want to say ask one uh, gay man uh, and say I'm not going to eat there anymore and blow that out of proportion and everybody just takes it as truth which is something else that has to be addressed but um, and then after that Apparently, um, 
the the church saw that they're boycotting Chick-fil-A and they went to Chick-fil-A and they ate a record number of Chick-fil-A's. He has never sold that many chicken fillets to this day as he did then. So who started a controversy? Chick-fil-A. Who profited from the controversy? Chick-fil-A. He pissed off one group and they're not going to eat there anymore. But then the opposing group to that group came and bought so many sandwiches that he's laughing. He doesn't give a fuck if a gay man ever eats there again because all the Christians are going to go there. Point is, that's how polarity works. And to be depolarized means that shit won't happen to you. You won't see something and be like, oh, I'm against this or I'm for this. You don't give a shit. You should be focused on your own damn life to start off with. But the point is, you don't want to be for or against anything. You can, because everything has two sides, first of all. That's what polarity is, two sides, but really three. Um, and they're not really sides. Polarity is all the same. Positive and negative are exactly the same. Their their mindsets, their, their, their temperature, their hot and cold, their night and day, they're up and down, they're heaven and hell, God the devil, they are good and bad, male, female. It's all the same. It's male, female is gender. Either your sex is male, your sex is female. Temperature, it's heat or it's cold. And those are opposites. No, those are the same thing. They're both fucking temperature. But one is a different polarity of the other. And you have the middle, the zero. And that's where you want to be. You want to be fall or spring where it's so comfortable to go outside. You can do whatever you want. But, you know, it's not too hot where you need your air conditioner. But it's not too cold where you need your heat. You're saving money. That's where you want to be, right? In the fucking middle of it all. Because there's not just one truth. All truths are but half-truths. All right? And that's from the Kabbalion as well. Everybody knows that who listens to my channel. Another great book you should look. Seven Radic Principles are the fabric of life, basically, so to speak. It's the, it's the laws that govern us. And once you understand, the first one is all is mine. We're all in the mind of God. Second one is the law of correspondence. As above, so below. As within, so without. And that means everything has another correspondence. You know, you in poverty is not just you in poverty. It's it's. It's how your mind is inside. Inside, your your head's not right. So on the outside, it's reflecting poverty, basically. So when you get your head right on the inside, then on the outside, you're gonna respect. You're gonna uh, you're gonna um, show wealth. You're gonna show richness. You know, if you don't, if you're lacking love in your life, well, it's because you don't fucking love yourself. Once you start loving yourself, then you're gonna attract a mate. That's what as above, so below. And then, and then there's way more to it than that. But that's just one that just came off the top of my head. But I always give as above, so below correspondences. The whole twin flame thing. I said you gotta connect your twin flame inside your male and your female minds, your 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 subconscious and your conscious mind. Likewise, you're gonna find your other half once you do that, because you also have a twin flame outside of here, which is not always gonna be the soulmate idea, but it's very similar. That's where they get these ideas from. Um, and you know, um, there, the universe above us that everybody talks about where our world is, there are universes in the carpet of your couch and your cells in your body, you know, as above, so below everything in nature dies and comes back to life. It keeps getting reincarnated just like the cells in your body do the same. Every 30 days, your body makes new cells out of whatever you ate, whatever you put in your body. So if you're putting crap in your body then the cells you make are going to be crap. Just like if you don't give a tree water or water or it doesn't get sunlight, you know what I mean? It's going to fucking die. But if you give it, if it has everything it needs, if it's in the right climate, if it's happy, if it's being loved, it's going to prosper. It's going to grow big. It's going to go strong. But your cells in your body are the exact same way, as above, so below. And then after that, I don't know the exact order anymore, but you got the law of cause and effect. Um, 
you got the pendulum, you got polarity, you got gender. That's four, and I already named two. So there's one I'm missing. Um, uh, and I mean, all is mind, um, as above, so below. Uh, anyways, I'm not going to go through them all, but um, that's, that, that's, that's why you should check out that book because these things are going to help you. I mean, if you don't have time to read it, then put it on when you go to sleep. Headphones on. Any hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Apple product, it's very easy to get it to read to you. Almost any PDF will read to you. And then there's apps out there, free apps, that you can put your books on. Love to play to you. And... YouTube has the free audio book of the Kabbalion on it. So you put headphones on, go to sleep to it. And I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen overnight. But I've read the whole book, so I know. But before I read the whole book, I listened to the whole book. Every night, I fall asleep to that book. And I knew things that were in the Kabbalion before I actually read those things. Which means my subconscious picked it up. And when I was going on a rant, talking to somebody, my wife, my kids, or when I was trying to do my first few videos, or when I was just writing in my journal, all these things would come out. It's like, holy fuck, I'm getting all these great insights. you know. And it could be debated that was channeling. But technically, that channeling is just coming from my subconscious mind, from something I listened to, I read, that I didn't actually physically read. But my subconscious was reading it. Because your subconscious sees, hears, records all. And the best way to influence your subconscious mind is to put a visualization, a picture with it. Because it knows better how to decode that. Now you do something often enough, it'll get in there. You say something often enough, it'll get in there. But ritual, magic, sigil, candle, water, all these magics are for that very purpose. It's symbolism to put what you want in your mind. As above, so below. Your mind is what you're trying to get into. So your altar and your visualization of you being in the astral, in space, doing your ritual, is you being in your mind and you're inserting this sigil, this this request, this spell to be done. You know, and people are trying to do spells on each other people, hexing other people. Well, it's the same concept. If you put that hex in your subconscious mind to be played out, you will hex that person. And likewise, if you've been hexed or think you have a curse, well, then you need to go in your mind and show them that you're going to banish it, which is a pretty simple process. But it does take some stuff to remove the hex or the curse. I've been through it a few times, not knowing if I'm actually being cursed or not. People curse themselves. Yesterday I said, um, I am never going to get ahead in life. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say? What the fuck did you just do? You know, I went on a little bit of a rant. But that's how people curse themselves. If they're going to say over and over and over again that we're never going to get ahead. I am never going to get ahead. I am never going to have any money. I am never going to have a love. I am never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. You're a fucking retard. And I'm sorry. I am too because I've done the same fucking thing. I, I curse myself over and over again. And that's why 
the banishings and not just the banishing your thoughts, but that helps because what you say out loud is going to create some kind of thought form, spirit, whatever, however you want to look at this. This is how I look at it. It may not be accurate, but, and then that's going to be floating around in your house. Your kids, your wife are going to pick it up. And if they don't, you're going to pick it up. You're going to accept it. You're going to accept the thought that I'm never going to be rich. And then boom, that's in your being. It fucks up your whole fucking day. But more than that, the actual lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram that we do is to get rid of all that old karma, all those old ideas, all those bad things that we've accepted and cursed ourselves with. It's anything you do from this point on when you start that ritual for the whole fucking year, the neophyte grade, is stopping the bad shit you're doing that day. And it's it's going to... Um, reverse all the bad shit you've done for like three, four months. But the lesser vanishing ritual of the pentagram will be another story, will be another um, another video. Maybe I'll redo. And like I said, I'm really considering putting the book Cabal, the Great Work of Self Transformation, on here. Um, if anybody wants it, send me an email. And I'd rather send it to everybody, to be honest. But I don't know who the fuck listens to this. I know a few people have contacted me, and I love that, by the way. Anybody who contacts me, even if it's just to tell me that, you know, Corey, you talk too fast, talk too low. Yeah, I know, I'm working on it, but thank you. You know, because, I, I, like I said in the beginning, I was putting on songs, but they sounded like shit. But I enjoyed playing, you know, the radio guy, you know, singing something and going to a song. I liked doing that. It was fun. So even though I knew it sounded like shit, I kept doing it. And it wasn't until I got a message from someone telling me, you know, uh, good, good info, but um, your audio kind of sucks. I don't know. That's not what they said. But they tell me my audio was kind of sketchy or whatever it was. And um, that told me, like, well, fuck, I can't stop doing that. So I made a vow there to not play any more music until I could figure out how to actually play the music right. And it just so happened that day I figured it out. And it was by accident. Um, but I was able to uh, figure out that problem. But I never would have done that unless I had that feedback. I would have just kept fucking thinking because people were listening to my shit regardless. And even though it was amateur hour, even though it's, well, it still is amateur hour, but um, I mean, and that's another thing I said I wasn't going to do. I was going to be self-defecating anymore, but it's hard not to. Um, but yeah, so without that feedback, I wasn't able to change anything. So if I'm doing something that drives you nuts, like you like listening to my stuff, but there's something I do over and over again that drives you crazy, well, send me a message and fucking tell me because I'm never going to change it. And if you don't, it's like a kid being mad at their parents, but they don't talk to them. They're mad at you and they're doing all these things to piss you off so you get the point or even your lover sometimes, you know. Well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. And I start doing all these things and you don't even know they're fucking mad at you. And they're like, well, how do you not realize what you did piss me off? Well, because I can't read your fucking mind. I mean, some things might be obvious if we were in a fight, but if we weren't in a fight, something that pissed you off, you need to fucking tell me. Uh, no, I did the same thing as a child with my parents when I was mad about something. I don't remember anything specific, but I go around moping and pissing in the morning and, you know, getting in trouble at school. Thinking, ah, I'm going to fix you. Well, it was stupid. I should never have done that. I apologize later on for being such a little shit to my parents. Although I think I did, but the point is, if you're mad at somebody, you got to tell them. Can't read your fucking mind. Um, but anyways, I'm getting way off the topic. Polarity. Polarity is the fabric of life. We are made up of positive and negative energy. And we have the ability to me, remain neutral between the poles. That's the homeostasis. That is neutrality. That is balance. That's why we reject and banish the thoughts we don't want. We only accept the thoughts we do want. That's why we put our feet on the ground. We balance out all the positive ions we've taken and all the negative ions goes out. If you can visualize anything bad leaving your body, going into the earth, you know, 
thinking you have roots growing out of your feet, visualizing this, the roots growing out of your feet into the ground, and from there, all the bad energy in you absorbed. Um, and I don't want to say negative energy, because if you start to get rid of your negative energy, that is not good. Because negative ions is negative energy. It's the same thing. So, say negativity, or say bad energy, harmful energy, shit like that. Don't ever say banish my negativity, or sorry, don't ever say I banish my negative energy and I want positive energy because you are going to give yourself a disease. You're going to give yourself cancer. That's one thing that when Uncle Birch said it, it opened my eyes so big. I had to go back in my spell book and see any fucking thing I've ever said, any other healing things I've ever done, which is one of the, whether they say don't do healing magic for a while because if you think you're healing somebody by sending them positive energy and removing their negative energy, you are fucking killing them because your negative energy and your positive energy are both needed. But you need a perfect balance. And when you have too much positive energy, it, it, it'll make you have a fucking tumor. If you have too much negative energy and not positive, I don't know what will happen, but something will happen too because it's not balance. Everything comes back to balance. If you make so much money at your job and you come home and say, okay, well, I have 100 bucks left over after all the bills. I'm going to spend 50 and keep 50. You're in balance. You're going to be happy because you got a little bit to spend. You got a little bit in the bank. But if you come home and you spend everything and you don't pay your fucking bills, you're, it's, that's the negative. You're all too much. Or if you just save everything and you never have fun, well, then you're going to be like a Christian who believes in God going around fucking hating on everybody because you never have any fucking fun. All you do is stay at home saving your fucking money point is you need to find balance you need to have fun it doesn't have to be 50 50 your balance could be 70 30 you could only want to spend 30 bucks or you can only want to save 30 bucks that is up to you the more closer to 50 50 probably the healthier but at times you might not be able to help it all you have to do is keep it balanced it doesn't have to be a day-to-day 50 50 balance every day you could do a 60 40 one day and then reverse it the next time you know it doesn't matter as long as you can find balance, balance in all things. Edgar Casey, I use this example all the time. I might actually play a clip um, of his story so people know I'm not fucking lying. But Edgar Casey was a smoker and he was the, a hypnotherapist, but he went into the trance. And the spirits he worked with told him he can live to 100 and something. I can't remember what it was. If he only did six to eight uh, readings a day, I can't remember what the number was. And if he only had six to eight cigarettes a day, and he would smoke two packs a day. So technically, if you go by that information, you can smoke without anything bad happening to you. There's a balance. And this is after this guy smoked two packs a day for 60 fucking years. So you tell me. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that smoking is good, good for you. I'm not here to promote smoking. I'm just telling you that if you worry about smoking, you're, gonna, you're increasing your odds in my book to get any, uh, any disease, basically. Um, but yeah, smoking and that stuff in your lungs, I mean... I can go on for hours. I talked about yesterday why breathing is important, um, how it helps you get into a state and how it's the only organ the conscious mind controls. You know, if you don't count like you're moving your limbs and stuff like that, those systems, your shoulders and all that, but that's still, it's your conscious mind telling your subconscious mind, I want to move these things and your subconscious mind allowing you. But anyways, and which is the same process with breathing. Is there subconscious mind? Can I breathe for a little bit? Okay, no problem. That's basically what's going on in your body in a really dumbed down way. So technically, your subconscious mind is still proving it, still giving you the power to do it. And that's why anybody who thinks their conscious mind is more powerful than their subconscious mind is a fucking moron. But anyways, um, the point I was trying to hit at there, I'm continually trying to hit at, before I fucking lose the idea. See, this is what I talk about with this ADD thing, where I keep going all over the place. Um, but the breathing, when it comes to smoking, 
the only conscious organ that you can take over is your breath, is your lungs, right? And they introduced smoking way back when, and doctors were promoting smoking. So if you want to talk about a fucking conspiracy to fucking kill the people, and now smoking is one of those top three things that create disease, right? You got radiation, you got um, stress, and you got fucking smoking. There's your three top fucking cancer-killing things. Stress, everybody does. Radiation, everybody's getting. And smoking is the only uh, breathing in smoke is a direct attack against the one fucking organ you can consciously control and it's the one that will get you into meditation so if you fuck up your lungs and you can't fucking breathe you're never gonna have that connection to god will you so there's a fucking conspiracy to throw out there why do you think there's an attack and i'm a smoker but i can meditate i can fucking do this shit and i understand that i need to find balance am i in balance with my smoking hell no i, I really do have to cut back but i'm not gonna worry about it i'm not gonna put any emotion into worrying about that fucking shit fuck no i'm not gonna worry about that because I can run faster than most people still. You know, can I run for a long time? No. But I can still run just as long as a non-smoker. Depending on the non-smoker, obviously. I pick him out of a line. I'm going to pick somebody I think is not going to be able to do it. Point is, though, I can fucking still do it. I can work out. I can run around with my kids. I play with my fucking four kids all the time. Am I one of those people that are just lucky? Maybe. Maybe. Or am I one of those people that just don't worry? Probably, more likely. I just don't give a shit. I don't put thought into it. I know it's not important. I know there's no purpose no power no reason to worry about anything and i know that's so hard to understand and i know that's hard to do and to implement but what is worrying about something going to achieve you you know there is negative uh negative thought i used to i was studying stoicism and i talked about this before so you have to find another video but there is such thing as called as a negative um thought process or a negative meditation or a negative um uh, negative brainstorming, something like that. And it's basically when you wake up, you think of all the bad things that can happen to you today, so you're prepared for it. And when I first heard that, I'm like, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. Um, I couldn't really fucking put my finger on what how that would help anybody. You know, is that just bringing negative things close to you because what you think about, you bring about. If you're not putting emotion into that, then nothing really bad can happen. I mean, you're opening the opportunity. You're opening, the, oh shit, I didn't even know my fucking headset my mic was on top of my head sorry everybody i'll be able to you'll be able to hear me a lot better now um but you can bring an opening opportunity by doing that but it's one of those things like um when you face your fears half the time you don't even have to actually face your fear um like i talked about i used to be scared of spirits you know i would run off a fucking cliff before i go in a house with a fucking spirit in it and now i got no fucking issues with that at all but for a while my number one fear was seeing a fucking ghost or a devil or a demon or whatever you know the hollywood scare was in my head now i trace back the reason for that and i've seen some things that i seen as a child through dreams and shit like that that was like holy fuck um but point is um this negative brainstorming can be kind of like that um you whenever you uh whenever you face your fear you know you're afraid of fucking spiders but when you go to fucking see that spider the spider's not there you know when you actually go to face your fear you know there's nothing to face because you realize there's nothing to be afraid of you know there, there's a chance your spider's gonna go on you and all that but you're gonna figure out that the fuck this is an irrational fear because it's irrational to fucking fear something that can't hurt me that is more scared of me than i would be ever of it that you swallow three a fucking night or three a year or three a month in your sleep. I don't know which one of those is, but it's three something. Uh, three spiders, you know, every fucking single night in the summertime anyways, probably. And so how could that harm you, you know? But anyways. And when you're moving, the spiders are not going to come near you. They're going to be afraid of you. But 
so the negative brainstorming is waking up and thinking about every bad thing that can happen today. And it was a good training exercise to uh, get your mind used to thinking about all the ways you can make that not happen. And then whenever, the, if let's say, the the, the um, thing presents, the situation presents, where it's like, oh, fuck, this is one of the things I thought was going to happen bad today. You already have the resolution for it. So I do highly recommend looking into stoicism, but don't get stuck on it. Um, I don't think it's really, I mean, there are some magical aspects to it, but but don't get stuck on it. But stoicism does offer a lot of cool things like that. It comes from Romans, uh, Marcus Aurelius, um, the Greek or Roman emperor, I want to say Roman. Um, I think he's one of the founders of it. But uh, I got a few of those books too, if anybody wants them. But yeah, so negative brainstorming is one of those things where you're going to, so you're basically doing a preemptive strike and thinking about all the ways that your day could suck. And now when that shit happens, you know how to sidestep, you know how to get around it. So don't dwell on it. And you can't do this exercise if you're not a balanced or depolarized person would be the other thing I would say. Because if you're a polarized person, you start thinking about all the bad things that happen, it might scare yourself and make you not even want to get out of fucking bed. Um, I know at one point I could have been like that. You know, I used to smoke pot and anytime I decided to do a wake and bake, that's kind of how it was for me. I would get, uh, if I smoked too much, I'd just, oh, I got to go to court today. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to go to school. And then, oh, fuck, I could smoke. It's like, oh, I'm not going to do any of that. I don't see any of those fucking people. I don't want to get a little paranoid too, you know, and then just stay in bed. Well, kind of like that, you know, you don't want to do this negative brainstorming if you're going to just go overboard thinking about everything. Like, I'm going to walk outside and get hit by a fucking bus. No. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, it's more like your, your itinerary for the day. Um, if you have to go like three places, the DMV, okay, well, the DMV might have a big lineup. How am I going to cope with that? You know, um, if I go there and I have to owe more money for something, how am I going to cope with that? Um, when I come home, if my kids haven't cleaned up their fucking room, how am I going to cope with that? You know, things like that. That's your negative brainstorming. And then you're going to realize that this shit's not a big deal. And when these things happen, it's not going to be such a fucking shock to your system. Like when you come home and you see your kids in clean room, you're going to be like, fuck, again? What the fuck? No, you're just going to be like, oh, kind of that has happened well. And you already came up with like four solutions, how to motivate them to do it or how to punish them. However you do your parenting, that's up to you. But that's kind of the point I'm getting at. But anyways, so polarity, back to polarity. Um, negative and positive. So the banishings I was talking about is, uh, is a procedure, um, is a ritual, and that helps for getting rid of all your old karma and protecting you from anybody's thoughts and anybody else's, uh, you know, uh, curses and your own thoughts, basically. Because a lot of people curse themselves. A lot of people uh, say bad things. I was one of those people that cursed myself, you know, saying a lot of bad shit. I mean, I was doing illegal activity and saying stuff like, oh, I'll probably go to jail one day. Fuck it. I don't care. An idiot. How stupid was I to be doing illegal activity and saying out loud I'm going to get caught? 
You know, like, what the fuck? Who does that? Somebody's stupid. So that's why I, if you, I call you an idiot and you get upset. Please don't, because I just call myself a fucking idiot, and that is pretty stupid. And once again, the subconscious mind, to an illegal activity, if you're the bad guy, you're not going to win. Unless you reprogram that. I'm not promoting illegal activity. I'm just saying, if you are doing it, reprogram your subconscious mind for the bad guy to win. Change your story, because you're going to get fucked up. Um, but yeah, that's polarity. Polarity is built right in us. Uh, it's very similar to cause and effect. It's very similar to the pendulum, and it's very similar to the law of gender. However, these things are all separate things. But people get confused with the law of gender and polarity, thinking that male and positive, or sorry, male and positive, um, male and female are positive and negative. And no, now female has the attribute of being the negative polarity. The law of gender is different. The law of gender is everything can't happen without male and female energy. The reason you can manifest things is because you're using your male and female energy. You're using your conscious mind to speak to your subconscious mind. You're consciously putting in a sigil and subconsciously it's getting carried out. That's your male and your female energies. Likewise, as above, so below, to make a baby, a man and a woman have to do the deed. And all the biological things have to correspond and work out. And then you have a baby. But that's the law of gender. Now, within the law of gender, there is polarity. But there's polarity within polarity. And this can get real complicated and it can keep going forever. As above, so below, these correspondences will go forever. But there's polarity and polarity. And just to give you a small example of that, is every woman and man on the planet has both positive and negative polarity built in them. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean your conscious mind is the negative and your conscious and your subconscious mind is positive. It doesn't reverse. Everybody's conscious mind is positive. Everybody's subconscious mind is negative. That's how it works. You have to connect the conscious mind to the subconscious mind. And once you do that, you're going to look younger. You're going you're gonna to age a hell of a lot slower. You're going to be happier. You won't need as much sleep. But you still might like to go meditate a hell of a lot more because meditating feels better than sleeping. When you start doing it, you get you get you do get euphoric feelings. It's not as grandiose as people make it, but you do. I mean, I look forward to my neg- my my negative my meditation time because it does feel good, and it's been proven that it, I think it's the hippocampus, a part of the brain, it, it gets larger, and that's that's a good large. It's not like tumor large. Uh, I want to say it's the hippocampus, anyways. But there's a part of your brain that actually starts increasing in size. And this is a healthy increase. Not only that, but it's shown that 20 minutes of meditation is better than, I want to say, four hours of sleep. It might even be eight, but I think it's four hours of sleep. It's more beneficial to your body. And the reason being is when you fall asleep, your subconscious mind takes over. But when you're in meditation, you are connecting your conscious mind to your subconscious mind. You are doing it intentionally. You are telling your conscious mind, shut the fuck up. I want to hear what subconscious has to say. You talk all day long, take a fucking break. And by doing... (laughs) That you are learning the art of concentration. You are learning the art of focus. And that's what meditation is. It's how to concentrate on either nothing and just listen to your subconscious or focus on one thing and let the subconscious mind talk about that one thing. So basically, you've got two minds. Everybody has two minds. And this is the art of learning how to use your other mind because this mind is vastly more powerful vastly more intelligent and can do so much more but it is more gullible because it doesn't know the difference between real and fake right pros and cons the conscious mind knows a lot and it it knows the difference between real and fake or else it's supposed to anyways but um but uh it can't do half the shit it can breathe that's about it it can consciously take over the lungs but that's about as far as it goes where your subconscious mind controls everything for the body
So if you're watching TV shows that are showing diseased people all the time, making cancer a stat that sticks in your head, well, don't be surprised when you become one of those statistics because that's what you put in your subconscious mind. And I know it's not your fault because you didn't know this, but now that you know it, why is your fucking TV still on? Turn that shit off or at least put it on something that's going to help you. Watch shows about people making it or whatever. I, I, I don't know what to, I don't want to tell you what to watch. I'm just telling you what not to do, basically. Um, but yeah, so the subconscious, the conscious mind should be there to protect the subconscious mind. You know, and I said this before, in the Bible it says uh, Eve was made from Adam's rib. But to me, it should be the other way around. Because the women make the men. We are born with our subconscious mind and we create our conscious mind. So if anything, that story is a symbolic representation of what happens to every person. When you wake up, when you come out of your mom, you are a little Eve. All right? You are a subconscious mind. And as you become more curious, you, are, you, sorry, you develop your conscious mind from the rib. There comes Adam. And he's there to protect the subconscious mind from all the things that want to corrupt it, all the things that want to make, do it harm, all the things that want to trick it from using its power. And he's there to protect it. And then all comes along, oh, you get curious. I want to know what's good and evil and all this. And then from there, that's whenever you become in the world and you have to figure out your steps. But if your conscious mind isn't protecting your subconscious mind, well, then you're going to get tricked into believing that you have to go to church and you have to work and don't find your passion and magic is from the devil. Well, no. But to me, that's what that is a representation of. And there's so many other ways. You know, we can talk about the snake being Scorpio and the snake being God. And even if you want to take the Christian view of this saying the snake fucking made them do bad things. Well, who created the fucking snake? Hey, if God created everything, he created that fucking snake. He created Lucifer. Therefore, he knew what he was going to fucking do. And you can tell me, well, no, he banished him down. Okay, so where's Eden? We're going we're gonna to establish that Eden is between heaven and earth, right? All right? Or is it in heaven? Because if it's in heaven, then the snake shouldn't be there. And if it's in hell, then why would God put them in hell? So all we established, it's on earth. All right, perfect. So why would God make humans on earth if he knew he banished Lucifer and Lucifer could fuck with them? Tell me that. No, either one, the devil is in hell and you can't come up and do anything and people are going to stop blaming the fucking devil for all their fucking problems. You're human. You fucked up. The devil didn't make you do shit. You did it yourself. Or the devil can come up and corrupt us. But God made him like that because God is also there to corrupt you on the positive side whereas the devil can corrupt you on the negative side. It goes both ways.
See, see, don't follow him. All right, so sorry about that. But anyways, so that's my interpretation of the Adam and Eve story. God created the devil. So if the devil is really in that story and he's really corrupting us and that's how you want to interpret the story, well, you need to ask yourself, why would God create the devil to do that? And if you're going to say it's in heaven, well, that's bullshit because God pushed Lucifer down to hell. And why would he put us in hell? So we established that Eden is a place on earth. Therefore, God put us in a place where he knew the devil can fuck with us well that means we also can be fucked with by god we have both positive and negative and the only right place to be between those two guys is right in the fucking middle not picking one side or the other it's like your parents they're going through a divorce whose side are you going to pick you don't pick either side you stay in the middle you love them both for what they are who they are and that's it
All right, so I had to take a break there for a second. I'm going to continue going on about polarity and the other hermetic principles and how to use it, how to depolarize and all that um, in a little bit. But first, I'm going to go to Earl Nightingale's information that I've already previously played, but I do believe is important for anybody who might be just starting to tune in, um, uh, like my mother and my sister, uh, for example, because like I said, my daughter told them about my stuff, so they looked it up, so I don't want them to be all freaked out about all the shit I put on here thinking I'm a fucking nuts, and you know, it'd be a valid point if they just start looking at some of my later videos, but anyways, um, Earl Nightingale, the stuff he teaches is something from, I want to say it's 56, uh, is what the numbers come to the top of my head, it could be a different, um, different year, but this was something he had on a record for people for uh, self-improvement um, that he did in the 50s, and, you know, it's coming out now, because thanks to the internet, and, you know, everybody having information all the time everywhere, so it is key, uh, sorry, I was just texting my levels, they didn't seem very high, and I don't want, I don't want people to be able to hear me because I mumble and I talk fast. But anyways, so uh, this has come back out. He's got multiple videos. This one is only a half an hour long, but he's got some that are hour long. And I really, I'm going to put the link for it here. I put a link in there yesterday also in my other videos. I put uh, multiple. Um, I want to apologize for having the speaker too close to the mic in the first episode I put out yesterday. Um, the second one was basically all the book, except for I talk a bit at the beginning, and I talk for maybe 10 minutes in the middle. So check that out. I don't know the actual time. But anyways, that first first one, uh, the book was too close to the mic and it sounds shitty. So I put the link for that. Um, they're also on my YouTube page. But I put the link for that there. And I'm going to put the link for Earl Nightingale's shit as well there for everybody to check out. Sorry about that. Just waiting for my son, stepson to leave the room. <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, I'm going to play that again here and it's not just to kill time. It's just cause I want people to hear this stuff. If they can't, for some reason, the links don't work or they can't find it. This way it's there for you. And this, this works. This stuff works. What are you talking about? It goes in first. Why, uh, the problem with society today being that people just don't think, um, they don't use their mind properly. And from that to how he tells you to fix your problem is all valid information. And I've tried it and it works. And I know other people have tried it and it works. So please don't dismiss them. But anyways, sorry for yesterday for that part being shitty. That book is on uh, YouTube free of charge, A Wedding the Devil. Um, I played, I had it way too close and I had no idea because I put it on and I kind of left and did my own thing, which I got to stop doing. I got to monitor this, make sure nothing goes wrong. Um, but the whole book, A Wedding the Devil, is on YouTube. I saved just the conversation into my uh, one of my playlists on there, as well as um, the Kabbalion's also on one of my playlists on my YouTube channel, which is, uh, it used to be Corey LeBlanc, but I think it might be now Ceremonial Witchcraft. I don't know if it changed yet or not. Um, it's a change I did a while ago that never took place. So if you can't find the Corey LeBlanc YouTube page anymore, it's probably now Ceremonial Witchcraft. But one of those two will bring it up for you. But if not, you just hit the links that are on here. It's not going to take you to my page, but it's going to take you to the pages I saved these files from. But anyways, I hope you enjoy. And I'll be back on after this to keep talking about polarity. and Probably, probably talk about, about what he's talking, talking about. about. All, All right, right enjoy. enjoy. 
I'd like to tell you about the strangest secret in the world. Some years ago, the late Nobel Prize winning Dr. Albert Schweitzer was being interviewed in London, and a reporter asked him, Doctor, what's wrong with men today? And the great doctor was silent a moment, and then he said, Men simply don't think. It's about this that I want to talk with you. We live today in a golden age. This is an era that man has looked forward to, dreamed of, and worked toward for thousands of years. But since it's here, we pretty well take it for granted. We in America are particularly fortunate to live in the richest land that ever existed on the face of the earth, a land of abundant opportunity for everyone. But do you know what happens? Well, let's take a hundred men who start even at the age of 25. Do you have any idea what will happen to those men by the time they're 65? These 100 men who all start even at the age of 25 believe they're going to be successful. If you ask any one of these men if he wanted to be a success, he'd tell you he did. And you'd notice that he was eager toward life, that there was a certain sparkle to his eye, a directness to his carriage, and life seemed like a pretty interesting adventure to him. But by the time they're 65, one will be rich. Four will be financially independent. Five will still be working. Fifty-four will be broke. Now think a moment, out of the 100, only five make the grade. Now why do so many fail? What has happened to the sparkle that was there when they were 25? What's become of the dreams, the hopes, the plans? And why is there such a large disparity between what these men intended to do and what they actually accomplished? When we say about 5% achieve success, we have to define success. And here's the best definition I've ever been able to find. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. If a man is working toward a predetermined goal and knows where he's going, that man is a success. If he's not doing that, he's a failure. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Rollo May, the distinguished psychiatrist, wrote a wonderful book called Man's Search for Himself. And in this book he says, the opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice. It is conformity. And there you have the trouble today. It's conformity. People acting like everyone else without knowing why, without knowing where they're going. Now think of it. In America right now, there are over 18 million people, 65 years of age and older. And most of them are broke. They're dependent on someone else for life's necessities. Now we learn to read by the time we're seven. We learn to make a living by the time we're 25. Usually by that time we're not only making a living, we're supporting a family. And yet by the time we're 65, we haven't learned how to become financially independent in the richest land that has ever been known. Why? We conform. And the trouble is that we're acting like the wrong percentage group, the 95 who don't succeed. Now why do these people conform? Well, they really don't know. These people believe that their lives are shaped by circumstances, by things that happen to them, by exterior forces. They're counter-directed people. A survey was made one time that covered a lot of men, working men, and these men were asked, Why do you work? Why do you get up in the morning? Nineteen out of twenty had no idea. If you ask them, they'll say, Well, everyone goes to work in the morning, and that's the reason they do it, because everyone else is doing it. Now, let's get back to our definition of success. Who succeeds? The only person who succeeds is the person who is progressively realizing a worthy ideal. He's the person who says, I'm going to become this, and then begins to work toward that goal. I'll tell you who the successful people are. A success is the school teacher who's teaching school because that's what he or she wants to do. The success is the woman who's a wife and mother because she wanted to become a wife and mother and is doing a good job of it. 
The success is the man who runs the corner gas station because that was his dream. That's what he wanted to do. The success is the successful salesman who wants to become a top-notch salesman and grow and build with his organization. A success is anyone who is doing deliberately a predetermined job because that's what he decided to do deliberately. But only one out of twenty does that. That's why today there isn't really any competition unless we make it for ourselves. Instead of competing, all we have to do is create. You know, for twenty years I looked for the key which would determine what would happen to a human being. Was there a key I wanted to know which would make the future a promise that we could foretell to a large extent? Was there a key that would guarantee a person's becoming successful if he only knew about it and knew how to use it? Well, there is such a key, and I found it. Have you ever wondered why so many men work so hard and honestly without ever achieving anything in particular, and others don't seem to work hard and yet seem to get everything? They seem to have the magic touch. You've heard them say that about someone. Everything he touches turns to gold. And have you ever noticed that a man who becomes successful tends to continue to become successful? And on the other hand, have you noticed how a man who's a failure tends to continue to fail? Well, it's because of goals. Some of us have goals, some don't. People with goals succeed because they know where they're going. It's that simple. Think of a ship leaving a harbor, and think of it with a complete voyage mapped out and planned. The captain and crew know exactly where it's going and how long it'll take. It has a definite goal. Now, nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine times out of ten thousand, it will get to where it started out to get. Now let's take another ship, just like the first, only let's not put a crew on it or a captain at the helm. Let's give it no aiming point, no goal, no destination. We just start the engines and let it go. I think you'll agree with me that if it gets out of the harbor at all, it'll either sink or wind up on some deserted beach or derelict. It can't go any place because it has no destination and no guidance, and it's the same with a human being. Take the salesman for example. There's no other person in the world today with the future of a good salesman. Selling is the world's highest-paid profession if we're good at it and if we know where we're going. Every company needs top-notch salesmen, and they reward those men. The sky's the limit for them. But how many can you find? Someone once said the human race is fixed not to prevent the strong from winning, but to prevent the weak from losing. The American economy today can be likened to a convoy in time of war. The entire economy is slowed down to protect its weakest link, just as the convoy had to go at the speed that would permit the slowest vessel to remain in formation. That's why it's so easy to make a living today. It takes no particular brains or talent to make a living and support a family today. So we have a plateau of so-called security, if that's what a person is looking for. But we do have to decide how high above this plateau we want to aim. Now let's get back to the strangest secret in the world—the story that I wanted to tell you today. Why do men with goals succeed in life and men without them fail? Well, let me tell you something which, if you really understand it, will alter your life immediately. If you understand completely what I'm going to tell you from this moment on, your life will never be the same again. You will suddenly find that good luck just seems to be attracted to you. The things you want just seem to fall in line, and from now on you won't have the problems, the worries, the gnawing lump of anxiety that perhaps you've experienced before. Doubt, fear—well, they'll be things of the past. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again: we become what we think about. Throughout all history, the great wise men and teachers, philosophers and prophets have disagreed with one another on many different things. It's only on this one point that they are in complete and unanimous agreement. 
Listen to what Marcus Aurelius, the Greek Roman emperor, said. A man's life is what his thoughts make of it. The Israeli said this. Everything comes if a man will only wait. I brought myself by long meditation to the conviction that a human being with a settled purpose must accomplish it, and that nothing can resist a will that will stake even existence for its fulfillment. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, A man is what he thinks about all day long. William James said, The greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. And he also said, We need only in cold blood act as if the thing in question were real, and it will become infallibly real by growing into such a connection with our life that it will become real. It will become so knit with habit and emotion that our interests in it will be those which characterize belief. And he also said, If you only care enough for a result, you will almost certainly attain it. If you wish to be rich, you will be rich. If you wish to be learned, you will be learned. If you wish to be good, you will be good. Only you must then really wish these things and wish them exclusively and not wish at the same time a hundred other incompatible things just as strongly. In the Bible you read in Mark 9.23, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. My old friend Dr. Norman Vincent Peale put it this way, This is one of the greatest laws in the universe. Fervently do I wish I had discovered it as a very young man. It dawned upon me much later in life, and I found it to be one of the greatest, if not my greatest discovery outside of my relationship to God. The great law, briefly and simply stated, is that if you think in negative terms, you will get negative results. If you think in positive terms, you will achieve positive results. That is the simple fact, he went on to say, which is at the basis of an astonishing law of prosperity and success. In three words, believe and succeed. William Shakespeare put it this way, Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. George Bernard Shaw said, People are always blaming their circumstances for what they are. I don't believe in circumstances. The people who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want, and if they can't find them, make them. Well, it's pretty apparent, isn't it? And every person who discovered this for a while believed that he was the first one to work it out. We become what we think about. Now, it stands to reason that a person who's thinking about a concrete and worthwhile goal is going to reach it, because that's what he's thinking about, and we become what we think about. Conversely, the man who has no goal, who doesn't know where he's going, and whose thoughts must therefore be thoughts of confusion and anxiety and fear and worry, becomes what he thinks about. His life becomes one of frustration and fear and anxiety and worry, and if he thinks about nothing, he becomes nothing. Now, how does it work? Why do we become what we think about? Well, I'll tell you how it works, as far as we know. Now, to do this, I want to tell you about a situation that parallels the human mind. Suppose a farmer has some land, and it's good for the land. Now, the land gives the farmer a choice. He may plant in that land whatever he chooses. The land doesn't care. It's up to the farmer to make the decision. Now, remember, we're comparing the human mind with the land because the mind, like the land, doesn't care what you plant in it. It will return what you plant, but it doesn't care what you plant. Now let's say that the farmer has two seeds in his hand. One is a seed of corn, the other is nightshade, a deadly poison. He digs two little holes in the earth and he plants both seeds, one corn, the other nightshade. He covers up the holes, waters, and takes care of the land, and what will happen? Invariably the land will return what's planted, as it's written in the Bible, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. Now 
remember, the land doesn't care. It'll return poison in just as wonderful abundance as it will corn. So up come the two plants. One corn, one poison. Now, the human mind is far more fertile, far more incredible and mysterious than the land, but it works the same way. It doesn't care what we plant. Success? Failure. A concrete, worthwhile goal? Or confusion? Misunderstanding? Fear? Anxiety? And so on. But what we plant, it must return to us. You see, the human mind is the last great unexplored continent on Earth. It contains riches beyond our wildest dreams. It will return anything. We want to plant. Now you might say, well, if that's true, why don't people use their minds more? Well, I think they figured out an answer to that one, too. Our mind comes with standard equipment at birth. It's free, and things that are given to us for nothing, we place little value on. Things that we pay money for, we value. The paradox is that exactly the reverse is true. Everything that's really worthwhile in life came to us free. Our minds, our souls, our bodies, our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions, our intelligence, our love of family and children and friends and country, all these priceless possessions are free. But the things that cost us money are actually very cheap and can be replaced at any time. A good man can be completely wiped out and make another fortune. He can do that several times. Even if our home burns down, we can rebuild it. But the things we got for nothing, we can never replace. The human mind isn't used because we take it for granted. Familiarity breeds contempt. It can do any kind of job we assign to it, but generally speaking, we use it for little jobs instead of big important ones. Universities have proved that most of us are operating on about 10% or less of our abilities. So decide now. What is it you want? Plant your goal in your mind. It's the most important decision you ever make in your entire life. What is it you want? Do you want to be an outstanding salesman? A better worker at your particular job? Do you want to go places in your company? In your community? Do you want to get rich? All you've got to do is plant that seed in your mind, care for it, work steadily toward your goal, and it will become a reality. It not only will, there's no way that it cannot. You see, that's a law, like the laws of Sir Isaac Newton, the laws of gravity. If you get on top of a building and jump off, you'll always go down. You'll never go up, and it's the same with all the other laws of nature. They always work. They're inflexible. Think about your goal in a relaxed, positive way. Picture yourself in your mind's eye as having already achieved this goal. See yourself doing the things you will be doing when you've reached your goal. Ours has been called the phenobarbital age, the age of ulcers and nervous breakdowns and tranquilizers, at a time when medical research has raised us to a new plateau of good health and longevity. Far too many of us worry ourselves into an early grave, trying to cope with things in our own little personal ways, without learning a few great laws that will take care of everything for us. These things we bring on ourselves through our habitual way of thinking. Every one of us is the sum total of his own thoughts. He is where he is, because that's exactly where he really wants to be, whether he'll admit that or not. Each of us must live off the fruit of his thoughts in the future, because what you think today and tomorrow, next month and next year, will mold your life and determine your future. You're guided by your mind. I remember one time I was driving through eastern Arizona and I saw one of those giant earth-moving machines roaring along the road at about 35 miles an hour with what looked like 30 tons of dirt in it. A tremendous, incredible machine. And there was a little man perched way up on top with the wheel in his hands guiding it. And as I drove along, I was struck by the similarity of that machine to the human mind. Just suppose you're sitting at the controls of such a vast source of energy. Are you going to sit back and fold your arms and let it run itself into a ditch? 
or are you going to keep both hands firmly on the wheel and control and direct this power to a specific, worthwhile purpose? It's up to you. You're in the driver's seat. You see, the very law that gives us success is a two-edged sword. We must control our thinking. The same rule that can lead a man to a life of success, wealth, happiness, and all the things he ever dreamed of for himself and his family. That very same law can lead him into the gutter. It's all in how he uses it, for good or for bad. This is the strangest secret in the world. Now, why do I say it's strange, and why do I call it a secret? Actually, it isn't a secret at all. It was first promulgated by some of the earliest wise men, and it appears again and again throughout the Bible, but very few people have learned it, understand it. That's why it's strange, and why for some equally strange reason it virtually remains a secret. I believe that you could go out and walk down the main street of your town and ask one man after another what the secret of success is, and you probably wouldn't run into one man in a month who could tell you. Now, this information is enormously valuable to us if we really understand it and apply it. It's valuable to us not only for our own lives, but the lives of those around us, our families, employees, associates, and friends. Life should be an exciting adventure. It should never be a bore. A man should live fully, be alive. He should be glad to get out of bed in the morning. He should be doing a job he likes to do because he does it well. One time I heard Grove Patterson, the great late editor-in-chief of the Toledo Daily Blade, make a speech, and as he concluded his speech, he said something I've never forgotten. He said, My years in the newspaper business have convinced me of several things. Among them, that people are basically good, and that we came from someplace, and we're going someplace. So we should make our time here an exciting adventure. The architect of the universe didn't build a stairway leading nowhere. And the greatest teacher of all, the carpenter from the plains of Galilee, gave us the secret time and time again. As ye believe, so shall it be done unto you. I've explained the strangest secret in the world and how it works. Now on this side I want to explain how you can prove to yourself the enormous returns possible in your own life by putting the secret to a practical test. I want you to make a test that will last 30 days. It isn't going to be easy, but if you'll give it a good try, it will completely change your life for the better. Now back in the 17th century, Sir Isaac Newton, the English mathematician and natural philosopher, gave us the natural laws of physics which apply as much to human beings as they do to the movement of bodies in the universe. And one of these laws is that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Simply stated, as it applies to you and me, it means we can achieve nothing without paying the price. The results of your 30-day experiment will be in direct proportion to the effort you put forth. To be a doctor, you must pay the price of long years of difficult study. To be successful in selling, and remember that each of us succeeds to the extent of his ability to sell. Selling our families on our ideas, selling education in schools, selling our children on the advantages of living the good and honest life, selling our associates and employees on the importance of being exceptional people. To, of course, the profession of selling itself. But to be successful in selling our way to the good life, we must be willing to pay the price. Now, what is that price? Well, it's many things. First, it's understanding emotionally, as well as intellectually, that we literally become what we think about, that we must control our thoughts if we're to control our lives. It's understanding fully that, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. Second, it's cutting away all fetters from the mind and permitting it to soar as it was divinely designed to do. It's the realization that your limitations are self-imposed and that the opportunities for you today are enormous beyond belief. It's rising above narrow-minded pettiness and prejudice. 
And third, it's using all your courage to force yourself to think positively on your own problem, to set a definite and clearly defined goal for yourself, to let your marvelous mind think about your goal from all possible angles, to let your imagination speculate free upon many different possible solutions, to refuse to believe that there are any circumstances sufficiently strong to defeat you in the accomplishment of your purpose, to act promptly and decisively when your course is clear, and to keep constantly aware of the fact that you are at this moment standing in the middle of your own acres of diamonds, as Russell Conwell used to point out. And fourth, save at least 10% of every dollar you earn. It's also remembering that no matter what your present job, it has enormous possibilities if you're willing to pay the price. Now let's just go over the important points in the price each of us must pay to achieve the wonderful life that can be ours. It is, of course, worth any price. One, you will become what you think about. Two, remember the word imagination and let your mind begin to soar. Three, courage. Concentrate on your goal every day. Four, save 10% of what you earn. And five, action. Ideas are worthless unless we act on them. Now I'll try to outline the 30-day test I want you to make. Keep in mind that you have nothing to lose by making this test and everything you could possibly want to gain. There are two things that may be said of everyone. Each of us wants something, and each of us is afraid of something. I want you to write on a card what it is you want more than anything else. It may be more money. Perhaps you'd like to double your income or make a specific amount of money. It may be a beautiful home. It may be success at your job. It may be a particular position in life. It could be a more harmonious family. Each of us wants something. Now write down on your card specifically what it is you want. Make sure it's a single goal and clearly defined. You needn't show it to anyone, but carry it with you so that you can look at it several times a day. Think about it in a cheerful, relaxed, positive way each morning when you get up. And immediately you have something to work for, something to get out of bed for, something to live for. Look at it every chance you get during the day and just before going to bed at night. And as you look at it, remember that you must become what you think about. And since you're thinking about your goal, you realize that soon it will be yours. In fact, it's yours really the moment you write it down and begin to think about it. Look at the abundance all around you as you go about your daily business. You have as much right to this abundance as any other living creature. It's yours for the asking. Now we come to the difficult part. Difficult because it means the formation of what is probably a brand new habit, and new habits are not easily formed. Once formed, however, it will follow you for the rest of your life. Stop thinking about what it is you fear. Each time a fearful or negative thought comes into your consciousness, replace it with a mental picture of your positive and worthwhile goal. And there will come times when you'll feel like giving up. It's easier for a human being to think negatively than positively. That's why only 5% are successful. You must begin now to place yourself in that group. For 30 days, you must take control of your mind. It will think about only what you permit it to think about. Each day for this 30-day test, do more than you have to do. In addition to maintaining a cheerful, positive outlook, give of yourself more than you've ever done before. Do this knowing that your returns in life must be in direct proportion to what you give. The moment you decide on a goal to work toward, you are immediately a successful person. You are then in that rare and successful category of people who know where they're going. Out of every hundred people, you belong to the top five. Don't concern yourself too much with how you're going. Leave that completely to a power greater than yourself. All you have to do is know where you're going. The answers will come to you of their own accord and at the right time. Remember these words from the Sermon on the Mount, and remember them well. Keep them constantly before you this month of your test. 
Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. It's as marvelous and as simple as that. In fact, it's so simple that in our seemingly complicated world, it's difficult for an adult to understand that all he needs is a purpose and faith. For 30 days, do your very best. If you're a salesman, go at it as you've never done before, not in a hectic fashion, but with the calm, cheerful assurance that time well spent will give you the abundance in return you deserve and want. If you're a homemaker, devote your 30-day test to completely giving of yourself without thinking about receiving anything in return and you'll be amazed at the difference it makes in your life. No matter what your job, do it as you've never done it before for 30 days. And if you've kept your goal before you every day, you'll wonder and marvel at this new life you've found. Dorothea Brand, the outstanding editor and writer, discovered it for herself and tells about it in her fine book, Wake Up and Live. Her entire philosophy is reduced to the words, Act as though it were impossible to fail. She made her own test with sincerity and faith, and her entire life was changed to one of overwhelming success. Now, you make your test for 34 days. Don't start your test until you've made up your mind to stick with it. You see, by being persistent, you're demonstrating faith. Persistence is simply another word for faith. If you didn't have faith, you'd never persist. If you should fail during your first 30 days, by that I mean suddenly find yourself overwhelmed by negative thoughts, You've got to start over again from that point and go 30 more days. Gradually, your new habit will form until you find yourself one of that wonderful minority to whom virtually nothing is impossible. And don't forget the card. It's vitally important as you begin this new way of living. On one side of the card, write your goal, whatever it may be. On the other side, write the words we've quoted from the Sermon on the Mount. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Nothing great was ever accomplished without inspiration. See that during these crucial first 30 days, your own inspiration is kept to the peak. And above all, don't worry. Worry brings fear, and fear is crippling. The only thing that can cause you to worry during your test is trying to do it all yourself. Know that all you have to do is hold your goal before you. Everything else will take care of itself. Remember also to keep calm and cheerful. Don't let petty things annoy you and get you off course. Now, since making this test is difficult, some will say, why should I bother? Well, look at the alternative. No one wants to be a failure. No one really wants to be a mediocre individual. No one wants a life constantly filled with worry and fear and frustration. Therefore, remember that you must reap that which you sow. If you sow negative thoughts, your life will be filled with negative things. If you sow positive thoughts, your life will be cheerful, successful, and positive. Now, gradually, you will have a tendency to forget what you've heard on this recording. Play it often. Keep reminding yourself of what you must do to form this new habit. Gather your whole family around at regular intervals and listen to what's been said here. You know, most men will tell you that they want to make money without understanding the law. The only people who make money work in the mint. The rest of us must earn money. This is what causes those who keep looking for something for nothing or a free ride to fail in life. The only way to earn money is by providing people with services or products which are needed and useful. We exchange our time and our product or service for the other man's money. Therefore, the law is that our financial return will be in direct proportion to our service. Now, success is not the result of making money. Making money is the result of success, and success is in direct proportion to our service.
Most people have this law backwards. They believe that you're successful if you earn a lot of money. The truth is that you can only earn money after you're successful. It's like the story of the man who sat in front of the stove and said to it, Give me heat, and then I'll add the wood. How many men and women do you know, or do you suppose there are today, who take the same attitude toward life? There are millions. We've got to put the fuel in before we can expect heat. Likewise, we've got to be in service first before we can expect money. Don't concern yourself with the money. Be of service, build, work, dream, create. Do this and you'll find there's no limit to the prosperity and abundance that will come to you. Prosperity, you know, is founded upon a law of mutual exchange. Any person who contributes to prosperity must prosper in turn himself. Sometimes the return will not come from those you serve, but it must come to you from someplace, because that's the law. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. As you go daily through your 30-day test period, remember that your success will always be measured by the quality and quantity of service you render, and money is a yardstick for measuring this service. No man can get rich himself unless he enriches others. Now, there are no exceptions to a law. You can drive down any street in America and from your car estimate the service that's being rendered by the people living on that street. Had you ever thought of this yardstick before? It's interesting. Some, like ministers and priests and other devoted people, measure their returns in the realm of the spiritual, but again, their returns are equal to their service. Once this law is fully understood, any thinking person can tell his own fortune. If he wants more, he must be of more service to those from whom he receives his return. If he wants less, he has only to reduce his service. This is the price you must pay for what you want. If you believe you can enrich yourself by deluding others, you can end only by deluding yourself. It may take some time, but just as surely as you breathe, you'll get back what you put out. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking you can avert this. It's impossible. The prisons and the streets where the lonely walk are filled with people who tried to make new laws just for themselves. We may avoid the laws of man for a while, but there are greater laws that cannot be broken. An outstanding medical doctor recently pointed out six steps that will help you realize success. One, set yourself a definite goal. Two, quit running yourself down. Three, stop thinking of all the reasons why you cannot be successful and instead think of all the reasons why you can. Four, trace your attitudes back through your childhood and try to discover where you first got the idea you couldn't be successful, if that's the way you've been thinking. Five, change the image you have of yourself by writing out a description of the person you would like to be. And six, act the part of the successful person you have decided to become. The doctor who wrote those words is a noted West Coast psychiatrist, Dr. David Harold Fink. Do what the experts since the dawn of recorded history have told you you must do. Pay the price by becoming the person you want to become. It's not nearly as difficult as living unsuccessfully. Make your 30-day test, then repeat it, then repeat it again. And each time it will become more a part of you until you wonder how you could ever have lived any other way. Live this new way and the floodgates of abundance will open and pour over you more riches than you may have dreamed existed. Money? Yes, lots of it. But what's more important, you'll have peace. You'll be in that wonderful minority who lead calm, cheerful, successful lives. Start today. You have nothing to lose, but you have a whole life to win. This is all Nightingale, and thank you. That's exactly what happens. So, you see, as we start to understand... Hello there and welcome. It's Bob Proctor back again. 
Now, you know, in the last video that we made here together, you know, I went through how the conscious mind works, how the subconscious, and how the body is an expression of the mind. And as you go through that, if you go through it a few times, you're going to see yeah, that's exactly what happens. Now, I want you to think of this for a moment. When you impress an idea upon your subconscious mind, that alters the vibration of this instrument we call our body. So your body is a molecular structure, really what it is. It's a mass of energy in a very high speed of vibration. Now, we invented a word to describe our conscious awareness of vibration, and that word is feeling. If you ask a person, you know, how are you today, they'll, they'll say, well, I'm feeling fine, I don't feel like that, I feel great. You never hear a person say, oh, I'm consciously aware of being emotionally involved with a negative idea, so therefore I've moved into a negative vibration. But that's exactly what happens. So, you see, as we start to understand this, and we become aware that we're not feeling too good, we can change it. Now, it takes a little training, but you can do it. We are really in charge of how we feel. Now, we let other people upset us, but we don't have to let other people upset us. We don't need to react to them. We can respond. We can listen to what they're saying, and they say, well, I'm, you're entitled to your opinion, but that's just not what I'm like. And we can hold our own idea of ourselves. You see, it's important that we grasp how the mind works and that we understand the relationship of the body to the mind and the mind to the body. Now, it's our results that we want to change. Now, our results could be in our physical body. It may want to be, you may want to cast off a few pounds. You may want to put on a couple of pounds. You may want to uh, have a little higher energy. See, all the energy there ever was or ever will be is 100% evenly present in all places at the same time. Everything's energy. You know, you'll hear people say, where does he get all the energy? Where does she get all the Nobody gets energy. Everybody releases energy. Desire is the triggering mechanism to, whoo, let's the energy flow. Now, let's go back and have a quick review. Here you've got the little stick person here. There you've got the conscious mind. And remember, you have the sensory factors hooked up to the conscious mind. And then you have the subconscious mind, and then you have the body. Now, the conscious mind has the ability to choose thoughts. Those thoughts turn into pictures. We turn the pictures over to the subconscious mind, and then the subconscious mind expresses the action. Right? Now, what is the problem? Remember we said the subconscious mind had no ability to reject? We said the subconscious mind cannot differentiate between what's real and what's imagined. How did we arrive on the scene? I'll tell you. When you arrived on the scene, you did not have any conscious faculties developed. The sensory factors weren't even developed. This is how you arrived. That's called the little one. That's the baby. No conscious mind. So there's the subconscious mind. It's wide open. You can put anything in it. You see, your subconscious mind is programmed genetically. That's why we look like our relatives. It's built right into the genes at birth. But then we're programmed environmentally. Carl Mendiger from the Mendiger Foundation in Topeka one time said, environment is more important than heredity. Why do you think you speak the language you speak? You speak that language because you are surrounded by people that speak that language. And you're a little life. And the language just went right into the subconscious mind. If you grew up in a home that was bilingual, you learned both languages. I had an associate over in Kuala Lumpur, had a little boy. He spoke four languages at four years of age. And you'd look at that and you'd say, my gosh. No, no. The baby was programmed. Why do you like the food you like? It's programmed. That's right. Now, let's stop and think about the environment we were raised in. 
here's the baby, and look at the ideas and the thoughts and the concepts that are going on around that baby are going right into that baby's subconscious mind. Now, through repetition, over and over and over again, and remember, the baby's getting it all day, every day, all week, every week, all month, every month, all year, and this goes on for four or five years. And the baby reaches the age of four or five where they can start to think that baby's programmed. That baby is programmed to think like the people it had been surrounded by. If the people that surrounded that baby had gone right through school, the baby will probably go off and go right through school. If the people that were surrounding that baby always lived in hard times, never had any money, always in debt, that's probably how that baby's going to grow up. Well, this is bizarre, but this is how it happens. It's how it happened for me. I was raised during the Depression. We didn't have any money. There was always talk about no money. You should be satisfied with what you've got. Well, that's not true. You should never be satisfied with what you've got. You should be happy with what you've got. Dissatisfaction is actually a creative state. So here we have now a baby that has been programmed. Now, let's take and think for a moment. What happens when that baby starts to think for itself? Now think of this. The paradigm controls the vibration. The vibration controls the action which produces the result. Now here we go. Here you got the baby with the paradigm and the conscious faculties have developed. They have the ability to think. There's a power flowing into them. What are they going to think? They're going to think thoughts that are in harmony with that paradigm. That's right. We've been raised to believe you go to work to earn money. Do you know that working is the very worst way to earn money? That's right. You should go to work for satisfaction, not for money. You provide service for money. You can earn money while you're sleeping. In fact, we have programs where we teach people to actually earn more money while they're sleeping than they'll ever need years while they're awake. You say, well, that's a pipe dream. No, no. That's a paradigm that causes you to think that's a pipe dream. There's people doing that that are nowhere near as bright as you. But here we are now. We've got the person. They've been programmed in their little life genetically and environmentally. That paradigm is nothing but a multitude of habits. A habit is an idea that's been programmed into the subconscious mind over and over and over again. Now, the paradigm is literally controlling the behavior. Consciously, you can think of one thing, but subconsciously, the other idea will be controlling you. See, we can sit down and we can read these self-help books, we can listen to the recordings, and say, yeah, well, I can do that, that makes sense, that's logical. But then we can't do it. Why? Now think of this for a moment. I want you to imagine that you're going to accept an idea right now to turn your annual income to a monthly income. You say, well, I'd like that. But will you do it? Probably not. Your paradigm will stop you. See, your paradigm literally controls the results. Now, let's think of how the paradigm was formed. The paradigm was formed through repetition. The idea is being planted in your subconscious mind. Now, understand your paradigm dictates your logic. Your paradigm controls how you utilize your time. Your paradigm controls your perception of situations. Your paradigm controls your effectiveness. Your paradigm controls the amount of money you earn. If you want to change your life, you must change your paradigm. You see, to most people, it's illogical that they could take and turn their annual income to a monthly income. But if you follow our teachings, we'll show you exactly how to do that. We'll show you how to accomplish anything you want to accomplish, because what we're focused on is showing you how to change the paradigm. When the paradigms change, your life changes.
It's a beautiful concept. It's an absolutely phenomenal concept. Now you know why you're getting the results you're getting. It has nothing to do with your intellect. Your intellect, you can figure out how to do things. That doesn't mean you're going to do it. You'll hear people say, I believe that, but their behavior would indicate they've never even heard of it. Why? We believe something on a conscious level. On a subconscious level, the paradigm believes something else. There's a word called praxis. Praxis is the integration of belief with behavior. We've got to take the beliefs that we have consciously, that we determine by thinking, and plant them in the place of the old belief. See, I used to believe that I couldn't do anything better than I was doing. I felt fortunate that I was on the fire department. The idea of building a company that operated all around the world, furthest thing from my mind. But you know something? As I changed my paradigm, my whole world changed. That's what we did. That's what it's all about. You've got to change your paradigm if you want to change your life. But you can study all you want. If you don't gain an understanding how to alter that program, and that's what the paradigm is, it's a program. It's a multitude of concepts that are fixed in your subconscious mind that literally control your behavior. It's a beautiful concept to understand. It's a terrible if you don't understand it, because it literally controls your life. Why do you think most people go right through their life and keep getting the same results year after year after year? Well, it's just the way it is, and they don't know. We should be taught this in school, but we're not. How is the paradigm formed? Through the repetition of information. How is the paradigm changed? Repetition of information. Now let's suppose you're having a difficult time with money. You find that you've got more going out than coming in. You've got to change your concept about money. How do you do that? Through the repetition of an idea. That's where affirmations come in. I'll give you one I've been using for years. I am so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities through multiple sources on a continuous basis. I am so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities through multiple sources on a continuous basis. You don't just say that once or twice. You've got to repeat that maybe a thousand times a day, every day for maybe 90 days. And you'll start to change your whole concept about money. Wealthy people all have multiple sources of income. Now I'm going to tell you what happened to me? I drove around with a battery-operated record player and a long playing record. And I played it over and over again every day for probably a couple of years. This was so totally illogical. It was behavior. Everybody thought I was losing it. And I'm reading the same book every day, Think and Grow Rich. As a matter of fact, I'm still reading the same book. And it was the repetition of Earl Nightingale's information in the book that changed the paradigm. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand what I was doing, but I did it. You know, I had a man come up to me in the Waldorf Hotel in New York, Waldorf Astoria. At the end of a three-day program, he said, Bob, I really want to thank you for what you've just given me. He said, for the first time in my life, I understood how I accomplished what I did. I said, what did you do? He said, I won the gold medal in the decathlon in the Olympics in Melbourne, Australia in 1957. That's right. Milk Campbell. And he said, I never understood how he did it. He said, the next time you run a seminar, I want to bring my boys. And he did. Milt and I became great friends. Dr. Milt is a key to our house. He can come stay there anytime he wants. Out of Toronto, he's in New Jersey. But here was the top athlete in the world, the very best athlete in the world. He didn't understand how he got there. 
Most people that are very accomplished cannot tell you why they are. That's why they are. They've rewritten the program. They've changed the paradigm. They might not have understood how they did it, but they did it. That's what our company is all about. We teach people how to change paradigms. I want to thank you for watching this. But I want to ask you to share it with other people. Share it with them. Say, come and watch this. Start a rapport. Build a rapport with people. It's a great way to live. And this is great information to understand. Thanks for listening. It's Bob Proctor. I enjoy sharing it with you.